Rivers Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Thank you, Joe, and everybody else who participated this morning here at Villas Grace Church. I think we should do one more round of applause for our worship this morning. We are still in our series. We are right in the middle of our series. Does the Bible really say? Because let's face it, there are many things that we think that the Bible says that it really does not say. There are things that people will say, oh, it's in the Bible, it says, but does the Bible really say? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we continue this morning worshiping you and we turn our attention towards your written word, I pray that we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of the truth that is contained within these pages of Scripture. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, in order to protect the innocent, we will not be naming any names this morning. Wait. Hold on a second. Did, did, did I just say protect the innocent? And we're looking at this image here. For the sake of this illustration, we will not mention any names in our nation's history. See, we've, we've had 46 now different presidents throughout our history, some of which have been morally upright, while others not so much. However, when one of these 46 presidents found himself in a morally compromised situation, a particular actor came to his defense. Now, we're not going to name the actor's name either. But this is what the actor said. I'm just going to read this quote. Why should we be upset over such a thing? We're all sinners, and it just shows that the president is just like the rest of us. After all, the Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged. Brothers and sisters, this is what the Bible could or could not say, so we need to ask that question. Does the Bible really say? And this brings us to the question that we're asking this morning, and that is, does the Bible really say, judge not, lest you be judged? And that lest, that word in there, it's not common in our language today. It basically means judge not in order to be Fearful of the judgment that you're going to receive. So you can look at that word lest as a fear. Today's text that we're going to be in is going to be Matthew chapter 7. We're also going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Last week, Jared delivered an excellent message which answered the question. We asked that question, does the Bible really say? Pastor Jared answered the question for us, does God give us more than we can handle. We learn that it's not about 
what we can handle, but rather it's about what God can handle. Today we're going to be encouraged in biblical judgment. That's right. I said it. We're going to be encouraged in biblical judgment. We're going to examine the proper and the improper forms of judging others. So let's read our two texts this morning, starting with Matthew chapter 7, then we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. No need to worry if you do not have your Bible with you this morning. All texts will be on the screen. So we're going to start with Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, and 16. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has, the underst who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Our one sentence that puts all these verses into our main idea states this. Honest self-evaluation comes from the Holy Spirit who guides us in judging all things spiritual. Honest self-evaluation comes from the Holy Spirit who guides us in judging all things spiritual. I believe we can all relate to this image of this kitten looking at its own reflection. And what does that kitten see? That little kitten sees a tiger. See, what we see in the mirror isn't always what others see in us. As Christians, it's virtually, it's vitally important that we take an honest self-evaluation of ourselves. And this is especially true as we learn how to judge others. That's right. As we learn how to judge others, we first need to learn how to take an honest self-evaluation of ourselves. Church, that's what judging is all about before it even begins. And according to how the Bible encourages us to judge, we're encouraged to see how Jesus told us how to do so right here in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 2, where Jesus starts off by saying, Judge not that you be not judged. See, this does not mean that all judgment is prohibited. After all, we teach our children to judge strangers for danger. Ladies, it's either if or when a man proposed or asked or asked for your hand in marriage, you had to make a lifetime judgment. Speaking of which, there's an account I recently read of a young bachelor. See, he, he was... Searching for a prospective bride. We know how difficult that can be, right, gentlemen? See, every time he found the right one, or at least he thought that he found the right one, he would take him 
take that lady home to meet mom. And every time he did, the mother would just be hypercritical of each and every one. He kept on striking out. Mom didn't like any of these broads he was bringing home. Finally, his friend gave him some advice. He said, listen, if you want your mother to like the next young lady that you bring home, only thing you have to do is find one just like her. Great advice, right? So what do you think he did? He found one just like mom. She looked like mom. She walked like mom. And she talked like mom. So the next time he saw his friend, his friend asked him, hey, how's it going? And he answered and said, it is fantastic. It was awesome. My mom absolutely loved her. Thank you for the advice. Unfortunately, my father couldn't stand her. <laughs> See, this is like our little kitten. This is just like our little kitten. Looking at its reflection and seeing a tiger. His mother judged and criticized each prospective bride from a proud heart. Brothers and sisters, we must be careful to not do the same. As fallen men and women, we naturally harbor contempt. We naturally harbor prejudice against those who do not reflect a similar image against what we see of ourselves as we observe one another or ourselves in the mirror. And according to what we see in verse 2, we may just be judged as a tiger when we are merely just a kitten. Mom thought she saw a tiger. She wanted her son to date a tiger. She didn't see herself for where she was. And this is why Jesus says, For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What this is really saying, if we want to put this into another translation, or just to put it in layman's terms, we would say, if you judge others with mercy, you too will be judged with mercy. Church, the standard in which we judge others is the standard in which we will be judged ourselves. Again, judgment itself is not prohibited here. Jesus is not telling us to not go and judge. Jesus himself judged, after all, the money changers in the temple. He judged them with a righteous judgment because they were conducting business for their own gain in his father's house. That was a righteous judgment. He was spiritually judging the activity going on. And also, we must participate in honest judgment too, now shouldn't we? And we should do this for the benefit, not only for others, but for our own safety, and then for society alike. Allow me to give you an example here at Villa's Grace Church. There's an individual among us right now who makes judgment on each and every one of you as you walk into the door each and every Sunday. Know it or not, he is observing every detail about you. And if you are new and he does not know you, he comes to me and asks, is this person supposed to be here? Now, are you second-guessing why you came here this morning? Did you come here to be judged? No. This individual takes care of our security. 
He keeps us safe. His name is Mr. Bill. And he watches and makes judgments to make sure that everybody here can be safe. It is okay to judge, but it's how we judge. It's the motivation behind our judgment. It's the heart behind our judgment. Mr. Bill, when he judges you, he sees, oh, this is Miss Kathy. She's good. But let's face it. That judgment has to be made in order to keep us safe. And in this case, Mr. Bill is well qualified. He's spent a number of years with Lee County Sheriff's Department, most namely, most of those years as a detective. So I think he is well qualified to judge for our safety because his heart is pure. He's not doing it from an ill motive. Church, see, it's inevitable. You will have to make judgments in life. You can't get around it. So when you do, think bench. Not Johnny Bench. Think bench. You know, B-E-N-C-H. Each and every time you have to make a judgment, think bench. So let's break this acronym down. And we could look at it as being the benchmark for all judgments. So if you want to take notes... Put B-E-N-C-H, and we're going to go ahead and tell you exactly what you need to do, what you need to run your thought process through before you actually decide to make a judgment. The first thing you need to do is this. When it comes to the B and bench, you want to make sure and ask the question of yourself, does it build up? Am I building the other person up? Now, the E. Ask yourself before you judge, will it encourage? Will it encourage? Am I going to encourage the other person in this judgment? The N equals, is it necessary? Is it even necessary for me to be making and passing this judgment to begin with? And then finally, we find ourselves at the CH. Ask yourself quite simply, is this Christ honoring? Is the judgment that I'm about ready to place upon somebody else Christ honoring? Church, if any of these four criteria are not met prior to us judging, we need to refrain or repent from passing judgment on another. And both refraining and repenting are very important because what either one of these two tell us is you either refrained, you chose not to judge the individual because you ran it past this bench test, or you need to repent because after you passed the judgment, you realize, you know what? It didn't quite make up the level of the benchmark. So either refrain or repent, but we do so as it pertains to those. And also by focusing on these four criteria, it's an excellent way for us to learn to begin to practice mercy upon others. Because if we can run our judgment through that filter, and if we get to the end and we're still able to judge the other person in a spiritual manner, then we are doing it in a very merciful way. It's also an excellent indicator that someone themselves is taking an honest self-evaluation of who they are by running it through 
Bench, B-E-N-C-H. And after all, I don't know about you, but who wants to be a kitten only to be judged themselves as a tiger? And this brings us to our first point this morning. And this point states this. Judge others with the same mercy you want to be judged by. Judge others by the same mercy that you want to be judged by. So in a nutshell, if you want to judge someone else and if you judge them in mercy, there's a good chance that you are judging them the exact same way you want the Lord to judge you. Again, our main idea this morning stated this, honest self-evaluation comes from the Holy Spirit who guides us in judging all things spiritual. Rainbows are quite remarkable. During the rain season, we can see quite a bit of this activity in southwest Florida. First and foremost, they are remarkable because they are just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful, but they're also remarkable because of God's promise. And that promise is to never flood the earth again. And, and secondly, their, their beauty, like I said, it is remarkable. It's actually second to none. However, everyone cannot see a rainbow. I mean, not all rainbows are seen by all. Just because there's a rainbow in the sky doesn't mean that everybody in the area actually sees a rainbow. Actually, there's a few factors that come into play in order for someone to see a rainbow. And we're just going to break it down to like these, these three simple things that need to actually happen in order for somebody to see a rainbow. And the first thing is this. The sun needs to be behind the viewer. So the rainbow needs to be in front of you. And you need to have a light source behind you. But also, not only does that sun have to be behind you, but it must be at least 42 degrees above the horizon and, like I said, behind the viewer. But then also you're going to need rain, fog, or some type of mist of water source to be in front of the viewer so that they can observe the rainbow. So you could be at a different angle or be in a different position from the light source and not see the same rainbow that somebody's seen that's in the same vicinity as you. So basically, certain vantage points are able to observe rainbows while others are not church. Now we're not going to talk about rainbows. But think about rainbows as I tell you that this is the same thing that's true for the spiritual realm. Those who know Jesus have the Holy Spirit living within them. He, the Holy Spirit, reveals the truths of God's Word to us. But unfortunately, it's those who do not know Jesus. They are the ones who might see the sky. They might see the mist. They might see or have the sun might be somewhere behind them at some angle, but their angle is not greater than 42 degrees. So therefore, they are blind to biblical truth because they see everything but the rainbow itself. Do you get where I'm going here? Those who have faith in Jesus have a window into the spiritual realm. The Bible encourages us to judge accordingly as those who do, in fact, have the opportunity to observe the spiritual realm. And we are encouraged to do as much in verses 14 through 16 in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But first, let's identify 
who the natural man is, as Paul writes. See, the natural man is anyone who is unsaved. The natural man is anyone who is without the Holy Spirit. See, the natural man is limited to physical life and is in fact, unfortunately, spiritually dead. Which is why they do not accept the things of the Spirit of God. And they consider all things from the Holy Spirit to be, as it says right here, folly. Basically, the natural person sees the rain. They see the sky. The sun is even directly behind them, but they do not see the rainbow. Therefore, making them, as it says, spiritually discerned. Let's examine the word discerned. See, the word discerned means to distinguish, recognize, and or discriminate. Basically, to judge. Or there we go again, actually, as we see this, either discern, they're unable to pass this judgment. So let's ask that question again from our sermon title. Does the Bible really say, judge not lest you be judged? Which we know to be true, that that can't be true because of what we see in verse 15. Because what does Paul say about the spiritual person? He is opposite or she is opposite of the natural person. The spiritual person, as it says, judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. See, unbelievers have no business passing judgment on those who believe. The reason being is that they do not know what we know. See, as believers in Jesus, we know something that the unbelieving world does not know. They do not know about the importance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They do not know because they do not have the Holy Spirit, who is the one responsible in aiding us as we take that honest self-evaluation of ourselves. That's right. Go ahead. You can take an honest self-evaluation of yourself without the Holy Spirit, but I would be one of the first people to tell you that that honest self-evaluation isn't so honest. The only way you can take an honest self-evaluation of yourself is if you have the Holy Spirit in you. And as we take an honest self-evaluation, do you know what's so beautiful about taking that honest self-evaluation? When we take that honest self-evaluation of who we are without Jesus, it leads us to Him each and every time. He, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, is the one who leads us to Jesus as we do so. Think of it like this. The Holy Spirit aids us in appraising things in their true value. Appraised in their true value according to to Jesus. You would want your house to be appraised in its true value now, wouldn't you? Well, why not this house where the Holy Spirit resides? You wouldn't want to sell him short, would you? 
brothers and sisters, recognize in your life, and this is true for all of us, recognize in, in your life through this process of taking this honest self-evaluation of, of how desperate you really are. Recognize how desperate you really are for God's mercy. The mercy God extended to you through Jesus. Now, when you do, make sure you apply this mercy onto others. We are desperate for God's mercy. Which is why Paul asked the question, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Hmm. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? It's only by his mercy and grace that you're able to see the kitten instead of the tiger. Because without his mercy and grace, you think you're a tiger. I know that I came out the womb thinking I was a tiger. And I wasn't even a kitten. And even if I were the kitten, I would probably, probably would be the runt of the litter. But we're pretty good at being the runts of the litter thinking that we're the tiger as we look in the mirror. It's only by His mercy and grace that we're all able to now see a rainbow instead of the rain, mist, fog, or sky. So as Joe joins me up here this morning, we need to look at the end of verse 16 as a reminder. It's really an encouragement to us. Verse 16 says, But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. Only because we have the Holy Spirit. Don't get it twisted. We only have the mind of Christ because we first have the Holy Spirit. So, with that being said, I would say to you, go ahead, go on, do it. Do it. Go ahead and judge away. You have permission. Judge each and every day. Judge according to the way. The way is another way of saying the gospel, the good news, those who follow Jesus. But do so as long as you understand that Christ has God's thoughts. And we have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have the mind of Christ. So do you recognize what this means? What this means is this. If the natural person is unable to judge God, and if we have the mind of Christ, then no one can judge us. No one. Well, no one that is except for God. Oh, and let us not forget, all others who have the mind of Christ too, they're able to judge us. As long as it's with the same mercy that we want to be judged by ourselves. Because if you judge someone else according to the mercy that God has judged you by, 
you are judging according to the good news of Jesus Christ. So whether we judge the natural person or we judge a fellow brother or sister in Christ, do so according to bench. Bench, B, does it build up? Will it encourage? Is it necessary? Is it Christ honoring? Run your judgment through that filter before you even begin to judge. And even some of you, I know that you've said things and judged others in the past that you can't go back and take back, but what you can do is repent from that judgment by refraining from doing it again in the future, especially when you run it through bench. And this brings us to our second and final point this morning. Judge like Christ judged while he walked upon this earth. Judge like Christ judged while he walked upon this earth. One thing that has convicted me this last year, in fact, it was done by my son's basketball team last year, even into this year, they have a theme at their school. On the back of their shirts, it says, truth in love. It comes from Ephesians. Think the same thing as long as bench, as well with bench when you judge. Do so in truth, but then also in love. And for the final time, our main idea this morning stated, honest self-evaluation comes from the Holy Spirit who guides us in judging all things spiritual. And let's go back and hit that first point one more time. Judge others with the same mercy you want to be judged by. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray as a body of believers, we can encourage one another to do exactly that. Focus on the mercy that you have given us, the grace that you have extended to us. I pray that we can share that grace and mercy with others, no matter the situation, for the ultimate purpose of building others up in Jesus. It is in his name that we pray all things. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com. Dot com.